Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Silva Shot, where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm your host, Anthony Silva, and today we have a big-time YouTube influencer, and he is the host for Are You Even a Fan? Sum It Up, a.k.a. Summit Bagia. We're going to talk with him and see how he's doing and what content he's looking to create in the future. But before that, we're going to touch on Fernando Tatis Jr., and I guess hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 count is just not good. We'll get into that. Yeah, it's ridiculous as it sounds. Yes. And then finally, the NBA playoffs. And on top of that, our signature shot of the week. So buckle up and get ready for the Silva shot where we talk anything and everything sports. What's going on, Chasers? Welcome to another episode of the Silva shot where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm your host, Anthony Silva. And... Before we get into our great interview with Summit Baggio, we are going to talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. from the San Diego Padres. He hit a grand slam for the Padres, obviously. He was playing against the Texas Rangers, and they were killing him. The score was 10-3, and he already had one home run earlier in the game, and he had three RBIs. So the count is worked, and he gets it to 3-0. As the unwritten rule in baseball is, you know, you don't swing on a 3-0 count. You should hold and wait for the pitcher to show you a strike or throw you even a good pitch. And then if he throws a strike, you could proceed with the at-bat and, hey, maybe he'll throw you something even better on a 3-1 count. But there's some that say that the 3-0 count is one of the best pitches to hit in baseball. And that's due to the fact that the pitcher is trying to get his rhythm and he knows, hey, I'm just going to throw it right here and get a strike and you can load up and get a big bomb off of it. That's what you would think logically. So Fernando Tatis Jr. is set. He's ready for that 3-0 pitch and boom, he hits a home run to right field, opposite field power, and he gets a grand salami. And then the score is 14 to 4. So they are obliterating them in the top of the eighth inning. So the game's over, and that right there is just the dagger, right? In baseball, though, you never know. Sometimes teams rally, and those runs matter, right? But anyway, people criticized on social media, some, the old heads, we will call them, that, hey, it was a 3-0 count, and they're winning big time, and, you know, he shouldn't have swung at that pitch. And then there was the other side, even people from ESPN and other sources saying, it's a 3-0 count, that's the pitcher's fault. If he didn't want to give up a home run, he should have thrown him a better pitch or try to be more clever to get it by him, which I agree with. That is ridiculous that people are upset that this man hit a grand slam for his team, first off, and on top of that, who cares if the score is 10 to 3? He wants to keep his job and show how good he is. And you take every at-bat seriously. You never take one out of an at-bat. You're stepping in looking to hit, not get out on purpose or strike out or whatever. Padres manager Jace Tingler, he told reporters after the game, quote, it's a learning opportunity. And later he said he'll grow from it. As, like we were saying earlier, Tingler is one of those old head managers who believe that on a 3-0 count, you're up 10-3, to he shouldn't have swung at that pitch. And that's not very, you know, high on their team, and that's not good sportsmanship. Dude, sportsmanship's out the window when someone's at the plate. (laughs) I mean, this is a manager who's supposed to defend his players. He's the, like, top defense. If anyone's going to defend his players or players on the Padres, it should be, guess who, the manager, you would think, right? Coach Tingler. 
Well, he failed miserably, saying it's a learning opportunity and he'll grow from it. Fernando Tatis Jr. was confused about it, and he didn't really understand what the commotion was about. He had a grand slam, and he had a great game. He hit two home runs, and he had seven RBIs, and this game was earlier in the week where they demolished the Rangers, like I said, 14-4. to But the fact that his manager didn't have his back is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you would think what I'm saying right now is a joke. It's a 3-0 count. Who cares what the score is? I really don't care if it's 10-3 to or whatever. You take every at-bat as seriously as possible, and that's the pitcher's fault for throwing you a juicy pitch, and he just went oppo taco and, and hit an opposite field home run. So, yeah, had to touch on how ridiculous that that was. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, so Tatis Jr., like I said, a younger player, and I want to hear what you think about the unwritten rules of baseball. Here, here are some other unwritten rules. Don't steal bases when you're up big. You know, if I had to give you my opinion on that, I really, yeah, I agree. It depends. I, I would probably not steal bases. If it's a pass ball, I'm going, though. That's a no-brainer. But if we're up big, if we're up by like eight or nine runs, then you know what? I'm not going to steal a base. I, I agree with that for the most part. Um, and then here's another unwritten rule. Don't bunt to break a no-hitter. <laughs> I remember as a you know, when you're watching a game and this guy's throwing a perfect game or no hitter and you bunt to get a base hit that I used to get upset about that. Like, man, are you kidding me? If you're going to get a base hit, do it right. And I agree with that still. I personally do. But then again, if I'm the batter and I'm a really good bunter, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't want to get a no hit on. I don't want our team to be known as the team that gave up, you know, that had a no hitter or we didn't even get a hit this whole game. Screw that. So I would think about slapping down a bunt. And what people say about that's fine because it's my batting average, not theirs, and mine's going to go up if I get a base hit or a bunt for a hit, whatever the case may be. But I agree with that unwritten rule to not steal bases when you're up big, but the don't bunt to break a no-hitter, I'm all for it. If I'm the batter, if I'm from the opposite perspective, I could care less what other people think. I'm getting on first base at any cost. <laughs> So that's just my opinion on that. But these unwritten rules are obviously, you know, it's old school baseball, 50s, 60s. And, you know, you just never know with that. Overall, you know, this 3-0 count, if it's a juicy pitch, you crush it. I don't care what, uh, you know, the manager says or the owner says, even though the owner didn't say anything, or what these fans say who some, do they not know how hard it is to hit a home run in professional baseball? It's very hard. Trevor Bauer even tweeted about it. If anyone's going to tweet about an incident in baseball, you already know it's Trevor Bauer, but that's why I like him so much. He's very outspoken, and he stands up for the players. But he said the only mistake you made was apologizing. If you see a pitch, you, you hit a home run. Who cares? And I totally agree with him. If that pitch is right there, you give it a ride, and you let him know. It could be 20 to nothing, and you can give it a ride. We have seen, especially in baseball, you know, big-time rallies. And big-time comebacks, because that's the big thing. And check this out. Obviously, Major League Baseball, it witnessed one of the greatest comebacks in history. The Cleveland Indians rallied from a 12-run deficit to defeat the Seattle Mariners 15-14. to Let me say that again. They were down by 12 runs. Okay? That is absolutely ridiculous, right? I mean, do you not get it? <laughs> My point is that 
anything could happen in a rally. You know, and here's another one. On June 29th in 1952, right, get this. The visiting Chicago Cubs, they were down 8-2 to two against the Reds, and they had two outs, and there was nobody touching a bag. Those bags were filled with dust. They were ready to go home. The umpires were ready to go home. Any close call to the plate, they were going to ring them up. They were trying to go home, right? And it's the top of the ninth inning, right? One would say, and including what I just said, and 99% of the people that this game is over, right? But the Cubs, with two outs in the ninth inning and nobody on, they scored seven runs and won the game. They won nine to eight, and there was two outs in the top of the ninth inning. Hello, that proves my point that you cannot take for granted any type of lead, and you need to increase your lead whenever you get a chance to, and that's why the manager needs to shut up and just watch his players play. No offense to Coach Tingler. I have nothing against them. I don't know him. I'm sure he's a great manager. But you know what? To me, that's not a good coach. Coaches don't say that. When great players make great plays, no matter the score, home run or whatever, you sit back and you just say, man, whoo, that's my team right there. Yep, that's what we do. You don't sit there and say, oh, on a 3-0 count, this and that. I, you know what I hope what happens? I hope this same situation happens again. And instead... You know, they're up by 10 or up by 6 or whatever. And Fernando Tatis comes up, and on the 3-0, he doesn't swing. And let's just say he ends up striking out, right? Bases loaded. And then they end up losing the game. They come back and lose. And Tatis Jr. on a 3-0 had a fastball right down the middle. He could have hit, but he said, no, I'm not going to swing because my coach. That would be all Coach Tingler's fault. So just watch what you say. You never know the circumstances, how it could come back to bite you. But those two examples I just gave you, the 1952 ninth inning comeback and then the the big-time comeback, like I said, of the Indians and the Mariners. And that's itself, I believe this game was what, early? This, this was, you know, I believe it's 2001 when this game, um, you know, when this comeback happened, this 15-14 win, you know, when the Indians... They were down by 12 runs. And, yeah, this is early 2000s, but, you know, so what? Baseball's baseball. But, yeah, they were down by 12 runs, and they beat the Mariners 15-14 to 14 in extra innings. So you got two examples, a whole game down by a dozen runs, and then you got the ninth inning comeback. Anything could happen, Coach. You need to, you know, you got to refresh that brain and, and stop being an old head because, you know, if you're an old head and you don't adjust, guess what? You're not only going to lose games, but you're going to get fired. But... Fernando Tatis Jr., you have my salute. And like I said, I'm all for the players. And I'm all for the coaches, too, when they deserve it. But this coach deserves to get bashed, and that's exactly why I did that. So, But congratulations, Tatis Jr. Hey, seven RBIs, grand slam. He's going to be awesome. But transitioning from baseball to basketball, Summit Bagia, our second guest on the Silver Shot. I told you I was going to try and get more guests, but... He is a big-time YouTube influencer, and he even works with the NBA. He partners with them, and he makes great content. But enough of me. Let's hear it from him. Here is Summit Bagia. The Silver Shot. It's away. Bang! It's over! With your host, Anthony Silva. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot! Welcome back to The Silver Shot. Today we have YouTube influencer and Are You Even a Fan host, Summit Bagia, a.k.a. Summit Up. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, hey. What's going on, man? 
It's nice to have you on the show. You're our second guest. So, hey, congratulations. Welcome to the family of the Silver Shot. It's an <laughs> honor. Thank you for having me, bro. I'm excited. Yeah, no problem, man. And for those who don't know Summit, just a quick breakdown. He, I went to high school with him, right? But even on the YouTube side, he has over 97,000 subscribers. And correct me if I'm wrong, Summit, but the most views I saw you had was 1.4 million. So that's pretty awesome. 1.4, we got to get another one. We got to beat that. <laughs> okay, we'll get into all those details. But I wanted to kick it off. For those who don't know, what made you start? You know, are you even a fan? The Loyal versus the Bandwagons, that YouTube channel. And when did it begin? I've always been into, like, photography, videos, and, like, editing and stuff. As a kid, I loved YouTube, watching videos, random videos. And my brother-in-law, when I was, like, a kid, I don't remember what year, but he got me a flip minnow camera and it said upload directly to YouTube. So I started making videos. I got banned a few times because I did like how to do torrents and stuff like as a kid. But um, I started Sum It Up. It was originally called the Splash Squad. Uh, me and my friends Jarrell and Akash started doing pranks just for fun. We would just always hang out, fool around. So um, that transitioned into me taking over the channel, just being solo because like college came in the way, school. Um, people didn't really want to be a part of the channel anymore. So I was still doing pranks. And then one day, I think 2015, um, Jarrell was like, let's just trick people um, for like, when we go to the parade for the Warriors, let's just like ask some fake questions. And we did that, we uploaded it and people loved it. But a year later, it just blew up, like out of nowhere. Like a whole year later, I never did basketball videos, nothing. It just blew up. So I was like, okay, let me do a part two. So I go to the Warriors game on Christmas and then that blows up and then I keep doing Warriors and then eventually I get picked up by the NBA so I'm partnered up with the NBA Playmakers and BBTV and I have the blessing and honor to just um, travel around and experience the different teams atmospheres and the loyal versus bandwagon thing is just for keywords uh it's just all in fun I'm not, I'm not like gatekeeping trying to like keep people from like supporting who they want but it's just like all in fun. It's just, it was luck, man. I don't know how, how else to say it, but yeah, that's how I got started. Oh, well, good for you. I mean, you earned it, man. I see, I saw, like I watched over in the past few days, at least over 20 videos, like just going through each and every one. But you said you're partnered with the NBA and is it all you? Like, do you set up the camera yourself? Like, how does that work a day in the life? What are you looking for and what are you doing? Okay, so um it's different it's different every time so the first few times like a friend would come like camera guy they would just help me out different friends all my friends are all been in my videos skits and stuff but for the interviews they just hold it but when i travel and stuff i have one road buddy where we're always traveling together his, his name is neil uh we met in college in university of san francisco uh we just started right we i think our first trip was la because like we just wanted to see um, I didn't get picked up or signed before this. So we were like, let's just go to Lakers, stop doing the Warriors all the time. So we do that and that does well. And then when the NBA started, this thing started happening, my schedule got really busy. So I was traveling a lot and a lot of people couldn't come with me. So I would just take my tripod, just walk around, set it up, interview, boom, bang, and it's done. <laughs> and the content just, it goes from there. You just let it go. <laughs> yes, sir. It's Most of it, I would say, like, is post-production is editing is like making the memes and like the funny stuff and 
that's where it's fun. Yeah, no, for sure. Post-production. I mean, that's great stuff. And what determines where you go? Because I know you went to, of course, started at the Warriors at Oracle. And the next thing I know, you're in Toronto, you're in Philadelphia, you're in Portland, Boston. Like what got that going? Did you have to pay for that yourself? Or did you have to find out like, oh, let's go here? Or how did that work? As the video started doing um, better and getting more attention, I was growing. Um, just I was just going based off comments and like highest requested cities. And then I would just kind of bring that over to my network and propose different ideas. And then we would have sponsors pick us up and kind of sponsor the videos. And that's how I would travel, uh, get from place to place. And yeah. Okay, I may have to put you on the spot just a little bit. Out of all the places you've been to, which fans were the most loyal and which fans had the most bandwagons? I've, I wanted to ask this. <laughs> Damn. Why you got to do me like that? Because I'm a Warriors fan. <laughs> I'm a Warriors fan. I don't want to say they have the most bandwagons, but um, the Warriors is just, it's just fun, man. I don't know if it's that I'm just comfortable in my, in the Bay Area. I'm just like more open and just willing to have more fun with the questions, but yeah, the Oakland SF is the funniest reactions ever. It's just hilarious. But after that, I would say t Toronto. T-Dot is my second home. I love Toronto. I love New York. That Like the whole East Coast is a vibe. Boston, New York, Toronto. Always the funniest reactions. Always the most animated people. So, yeah, that's what, that's what I would say. Top three. Golden State, New York, Boston, and then Toronto. Yeah, maybe Golden State died down a little bit, at least for this year. <laughs> and then next year, they'll be back. Yeah. But, of course, with your job comes those reactions you don't expect. You touched on it, those funny answers and everything. But you have to give the listeners some background on our boy Andre Green. <laughs> the, Andre, he's busy right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> you have, you got to give us just a quick backstory. And is that the best answer that you've ever gotten on one of your shows? Yeah, I would say that changed my career. I feel like that was like a big like thing. Like everyone kind of knew it. Like I'd be walking in the streets and people like, oh, Andre Green. And then like, they just scream that. And it's dope. Like I never thought like growing up, I would have like a phrase or like some something that people can remember me by. But yeah, it was just, we were at the Warriors game. Um, it was the playoffs or the finals or something. And uh, the first reaction I did, we walked in, it was packed. Went up to these two girls. I'm like, you want to do this interview? And they're like, yeah, um, what's it for? I was like, basketball, they're all cool. The first question, I was like, who's your favorite player? And that's not really like, that's how I get people like engaged into the interview, kind of like lead them in. Where are you from? You know, who's your favorite player, this and that. And she says, um, Andre. And I was like, oh, Andre Godala, right? And she's like, Andre Green. I was like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. And that I, I just like try to hold my composure during that time and uh, holding my laughter. But that was that was just funny. And then another time, I think like just this last year when we lost to Toronto in the finals, another girl said Draymond Godala is on the Raptors. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> I said, those are like some of the funniest ones. Have you just taught yourself to hold your composure? Because I'd be like, what is going on right now? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I kind of put my, my mental at like, all right, this is going to be good. So like, just focus, like what's the focus on the next question? All right, you got it. Like you got this vid part of the video done. You already got the funniest part. So like, that's kind of what keeps me like, focus and not really like I'll smile but like people don't really know that like it's a trick question so
Yeah, by you keeping your composure, I think it makes it even funnier because it's like, oh, okay, Andre, yeah, okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I watched this one video. It was the 2018 All-Star Game, and that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was Los Angeles. And you were answering these questions, but then you cut to a part where you're taking pictures and everyone's like, hey, hey. So how does it feel to know, hey, that you have fans that, you know, they look forward to your content and you probably make a lot of people's days better. So how does that feel? Because that must be humbling. It's very humbling. Very, it's it's a huge blessing. Um, it's what I'm passionate for. I just love making people laugh, uh, making people, you know, feel like they're part of something. And I feel like this whole channel is bigger than me. It's just everyone makes this channel what it is. So it's everybody that's included. And it's, it's really fun, man. Um, it gets crazy sometimes, but it's really fun. Like the big cities is always fun. You know, I get to meet people who watch my videos. And like when, when I first started, I was like, all right, kids watch me, you know, this and that. And then like when I actually go out and meet people, people are like, hey, I've seen you somewhere. Like you do those videos, this and that, and they're like, oh yeah, my whole family watches it. You know, we we really like your content and stuff. And yeah, man, um, I think that's what keeps me going. Um, it's my favorite part about what I do, uh, the people that are a part of it. And yeah, I I think my favorite memory or my the favorite person I met. I don't know if this is too personal, but in Denver, I went to Denver. I think this year, and um, there's this group of kids. And they all they all knew who I was and they came up to me and um, they were with like this um, leadership group. And the guy, he was like, yeah, we saw your post. We wanted to come out here just to say hi to you. We don't have tickets. Uh, we watch your videos uh, at lunchtime. Uh, it's a group of autistic kids. And um, it's like really, really um, engaging for them to like talk about sports and like have fun with it. So that was like my mind was blown. Like I was like, wow, this is like this is way bigger than what I think it is. You know, it's not just jokes, it's not just videos. So yeah, the the blessing and opportunity to just like engage with those kids and meet them and take pictures with them and stuff. So Wow, that's that's awesome, man. I'm especially like like you say, you don't know who you're touching. And like that is a perfect example. If anything, that should be motivation for you. Absolutely, yeah. Good for you. That's that's awesome. And second to last question before we wrap up, like I know you said earlier before you went into that great touchy story that you said craziness is all around. Like what what's happening that's crazy to you? When is it people swarming you or what is no, it? No, no, it's not. I'm not Drake. <laughs> I'm nothing crazy. I mean, people come up to me. I'll be around the street. One person comes up to me, take a picture and they'll be like, oh, shit, it is him. And they come up to me and they're like, oh, can I get a picture, too? It's nothing crazy like that um but yeah when like popular games there's big crowds you know gather around me they just most of them just want to hang out you know say what's up show me what they do show me their videos like they just want to talk so that's what i like the craziness um there's some people that don't like me <laughs> there's a lot of people oh, really? that get pissed off yeah a lot of people that even if they're not doing the interview some people will watch and like feel a certain type of way i get it i definitely like understand you know, I'm trying to like make someone look bad on camera and whatever, but I try to play it cool, you know, be polite and not include the people that don't want to be on the video, you know, not even blur the face. I just want to include it. But yeah, there's been some crazy interactions, almost altercations, but no, I know people, I bet. I mean, one thing I've learned, not everyone's going to love you. I mean, but I can tell you, it seems like a lot more people love you. That's for sure. <laughs> so good for you. And now to wrap it up, 
what's next for you? I know this is uh, a huge chapter going on with all these subscribers going on with basketball and not even just basketball. I know you made people look uh, kind of funny for the Super Bowl and the World Series. <laughs> so, but what's next and what's the long term plan? Is this channel just the beginning? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would like to hope so. <laughs> Are you even a fan? It's great. I love it. And um, we're just looking to grow on it. I've taken this whole, since COVID uh, started, I've taken like six to seven months off, just trying to get regroup, um, be in a creative headspace and just come back when I'm ready. And during this time, um, me, uh, a couple of my friends, our team has just been like thinking of new ideas, uh, new series are going to come out. And um, yeah, we're just going to be branching out. So it was actually supposed to take off. Like a lot of big things were going to happen. Uh, we were actually supposed to go on like an official tour. Like, are you even a fan? Like official tour, like all 30 cities next season and stuff. And it was the sponsor that was helping us do that. It was in March and I was at the airport. I have this live stream on private. So I was at the airport. I'm about to leave to um, cities I've never been to, New Orleans, Charlotte, uh, Miami, Orlando. And I had 99.7 or 8,000 subscribers, almost at 100K. So I'm at the airport and then this, I'm getting my bags checked and this guy's like, yo, you hear about what, uh, about the NBA to his coworker? I'm like, what happened to the NBA? He's like, this whole shit canceled. Oh, am, am, am I able to cuss? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Okay, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. yeah, you're good. He's like, you the whole yeah. thing's canceled. I was like, what? So I checked my phone and I'm at the airport and the whole NBA gets like postponed or like canceled or whatever. And I walk out because I'm like going to cities and like everything just to do the videos. I walk out, my heart drops. I call my network. I call my manager. I'm like, what's going on? What do I do? You know? And they're, they're just like, there's nothing we can do. You just got to go home. And um, I lost subscribers from that. Um, the tour got canceled. Uh, I stopped uploading. People kind of felt let down that I didn't have a plan B. Um, I was, I was just going to like, you know, pivot and just go with like skits or different type of content. But I just feel like it was um, a good time to just take a break from it. Cause I know like if I do take a break from it and I put out the content I do want to put out later on, like in September is when I'm shooting and like drop a bunch of, a bunch of stuff. And um, when I do bring back, are you even fans? It's going to be crazy hype. Like people are going to be like, Oh my God, I miss these videos. Wow. The NBA's back. Oh my God. When are they going to let fans back in? So like, I'm kind of just playing playing the game right now, just waiting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I have a couple series coming out in September. Are You Even a Fan is coming back in September for the playoffs and all that. And then I have a series called Are You Higher Than a Fifth Grader? It'll be funny. It's just like a bunch of trick questions. We're going to go to San Francisco, you know, Hippie Hill, all the, all the, um, the, the relaxed people out there. Uh, just, you know, uh, get some funny reactions from them. We have a couple skits lined up, like NBA fans during quarantine. Um, I also have another series. I've only done one episode for it. It's called Finish the Lyric, where it's like I make up fake lyrics for songs and tell people to finish the lyric. So that's going to be re relaunched in September, as well as Bandwagon Battles. So Bandwagon Battles was like, it came out during quarantine, but it got, I deleted them because it wasn't just on a schedule. It was just like very scattered. But that's just where, like, I Zoom call different fans and, you know, have them battle it out. It's like a battle for bandwagons and, like, whoever wins takes home, like, the trophy for the city, I guess. But, yeah, man, um, plans is def definitely to grow. Uh, I got music coming out, too. I got um, – hopefully want to do a lot of things in acting. 
Um, I'm finishing up school. I'm almost done. And yeah, just looking forward to grow, um, take where, um, go wherever this takes me, man. Congratulations on me with school and, and everything. That's a pretty big deal, dude. That's awesome. And so what, uh, what's your rap name going to be? You got, is it going to be Sum It Up? I'm not a rapper, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, yeah, Sum It Up. I really, I never really knew what name I was going to go with. Cause I was just like, what am I going to do? But yeah, I think if I ever do release, it's just going to be Sum It Up. Yeah, as long I, I know you're a creative guy, as long as you don't be like everyone who goes little this, like little yeah, summit. Like, like I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> little summit, yeah. <laughs> hey summit, I want to say thank you for joining the Silver Shot. And for those listening, subscribe to his YouTube channel, Sum It Up with three eyes. So S-U-M-I-I-I-T-U-P. He has over 97,000 subscribers. And like I said, once this NBA starts going, and not even just NBA, but all his content, he'll fire over 100,000. I, I have no doubt. And and follow, and follow him. Yeah, no problem, man. And then follow him on Instagram. Um, same thing as YouTube, at Sum It Up. Do you have any other final thoughts, final things you want to say before we wrap it up? Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Anthony Silva, man. He's <laughs> running this podcast game right now. I, I checked out all the episodes, man. He's doing a great thing. Um is really fun. Thank you for having me. It's an honor, pleasure being the second guest. No one can take that away from me. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited. Good luck to you, man. Uh, I know we ran into each other when I was filming an Oracle and stuff. You're doing big things, man. So I'm, I'm proud of you. Uh, good luck with everything that you do and congratulations. And yeah, man, today was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Nice talking to you. Who needs a shot is next with Anthony Silva. I want to thank Summit again for joining the Silva Shot, our second official guest. And he's right. No one's ever going to take that from him. He's awesome. And like I said, subscribe to him and he's going to be doing big things in the future. But now, before we get to the shot of the week, I want to talk about the NBA playoffs. The Lakers, they tied the series. They won game two, 111 to 88, and they shot 36% from three. However, they lost by seven to Portland in game one. Damian Lillard, he had over 30 points. Dame Dalla, he is obviously going to be the biggest problem that the Lakers have to deal with, at least with this team. But in game one, the Lakers even shot themselves in the foot, literally. They shot 15% from three. So that's a 21% increase from game one to two. Anthony Davis had 31 points and 11 rebounds in game two. And LeBron... Didn't have the best day scoring, only 10 points, but it's not because he couldn't score. It just looked like he didn't want to score, and he tallied up seven assists, but he was mainly just getting his players involved and having them make the plays. Codwell Pope, who got brutally criticized for only having one point in game one, had a much better game with 16 points and hit a few three-pointers. That's a much-needed game for confidence, that's for sure. And Danny Green still struggling, only had three points in game two, but the Lakers just dominated Portland from the beginning to the end. And that's why the series is knotted up at one apiece heading back to Portland. <laughs> no, they're headed back to the bubble. <laughs> I just wanted to test you there, but I do miss saying that this game's going back to Portland. This game's going back to LA. And the reason why I want to bring that up is because no home court advantage, right? So guys can just play. There's nothing to worry about, the the fans, this and that. And that's why I say when you lose game one in a series, it's not as big of a deal as it was before with fans. 
So if the Lakers lost game one in the Staples Center, screaming, yelling, then it'd be like, oh, wow, that's that's pretty nice. That's a big time win right there. But not that, you know, not to diminish what Portland did in game one was a great win. They needed it and gives them confidence. But having no fans makes a difference. And this is the same thing I could say for the Lakers. They lost game one, but to me, it's not as big of a deal because they don't have to go to Portland and deal with, you know, these screaming loud, crazy fans and this and that. They know like, hey, we're just going to come back here. We just have to change up our game plan or we're going to be fine. And I totally agree with that. So the bubble changes to me the way we perceive game one, two, three, four, because it doesn't matter anymore. It's just who can get to four first, obviously. But to me, losing game one is not a big deal. There's no need to panic compared to if they won with fans because then that's definitely a momentum-feeling thing when fans are yelling on the road and, bam, you hit your big shot or a big three. So to me, that doesn't matter. It's very interesting, though, because now you have to find adrenaline. LeBron even said it before how it's a little difficult to find that adrenaline and get that body going, but you have to dig deep. And that's why I said it's going to be one of the hardest championships for any team to win and we'll have to see i mean we look at same thing with the mavericks series tied at one with the la clippers that's going to be a big game this friday so it's huge i mean it's huge of course i have the clippers winning that series in six but hey dallas has been playing better and there's a shot that they can pull off an upset i mean don't count them out milwaukee another team they lost game one to orlando nobody panicked why because milwaukee's obviously better But when you're in a bubble, it changes the whole thing. And you can be in the best shape in the world. When fans are screaming at you on the court and you're playing, you feel that adrenaline. And I'll give you an example. We were playing the number one team in the country for Division II basketball at the time, Cal Baptist in Los Angeles. You know, of course, I I didn't play a lot, but I went to the Academy of Art. And let me just tell you, you know, (laughs) Playing basketball at an art school, people would try to like say, oh, you're an artist, you suck or something. And it's like, man, I'm no artist. (laughs) I'm here to hoop. But I'll tell you one time, this this guy on our team, his name was Tyler. Um, He told me a story how an opposing player from another team, he said, man, you're probably hella trash. You're an artist in the game. And he turned around, looked at him and said, I ain't no fucking artist. I'm here to hoop. So shut the hell up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, so just because you go to an art school, you be- you wouldn't believe the circumstances because we had some good players, but he turned around and looked him dead in the eye, and I was laughing when he said that. But point of my story is we played the number one team in the country, and it was loud. I remember the band was playing. I couldn't even hear the coach. I saw what he was drawing on the board, but I could not hear one word he was saying because the student section was super loud. And then on top of that, when you have a band playing and you have other fans right behind our bench, you cannot hear a damn thing. So I just remember the adrenaline and the music was so loud and my I had goosebumps. It was one of the best feelings I ever had. Even though I didn't play that game, I was still just, man, I could not believe the adrenaline rush. But That's what I tell you is that you could be tired, but when you hear people yelling at you and cheering, you get that adrenaline rush. In high school, same thing. I had that feeling where you're a little tired, but when you hear people yelling, you make a big-time play, it's like, oh, that that kicks in, and you don't really feel that fatigue like you would have if you're at the gym, at the local gym, paying a 24-hour pickup, and you made a big-time play. No one's going to cheer for you. They're going to ask you, why are you trying so damn hard in a pickup game? 
But we'll see how teams handle adrenaline and momentum because it's going to be huge now than I think it ever has been in the playoffs just because of the fact that we get no fans. We get virtual fans, though. Shout out Lil Wheezy, who was sitting there and, you know, cheering it up. Uh, if you don't know that, is Lil Wayne, who's a very famous rapper. But anyway, our shot of the week. Are you ready for this? Our shot of the week goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. They landed perfectly. They will receive the number one pick in the NBA draft, and behind them are the Golden State Warriors. Some will say that they're going to trade that pick for a star to team up with Curry and Clay. Who knows? We're going to see. I mean, depending how these playoffs go, there can be a lot of players that are on the move, depending on if their team wins or loses, for that matter. But yes, my shot of the week, celebrate. It goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Do not screw it up. And, you know, you have good guards, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Wiseman from Memphis. We'll see what they do. But this draft, I talked to a friend. He said it's not as hyped as it was. And, you know, it's kind of hard to beat that when you have Zion Williamson. But we'll see what Minnesota could do in the NBA draft and what moves will be made. But thank you very much for tuning into the Silver Shot where we talk anything and everything sports. Um, follow me on Instagram. It's at underscore Ant Silva. And then on Twitter, it's at Anthony J underscore Silva. If you have any questions or any topics you want to talk about, follow me, DM me. I'll always answer and interact with you listeners. As, you know, I want to make this show as best as possible. But thank you again, and have a great weekend.